You're listening to The Gospel Underground, the only podcast that helps new and aspiring gospel artists develop the skills to become influential music ministers. It features resources and tips to help empower indie artists to own and operate their music ministry for major impact. And I'm your host, Janice Levon. So let's get this show started. Catch it in the TV, catch it on the road, catch it in the church house, sing it to the souls. This is different from any other sound because you're listening to the gospel underground. Praise the Lord, family, and welcome back to another episode of The Gospel Underground. I am your host, Janice Levon, and as always, I count it an honor and a privilege to share with you and support into your music ministry. So we are back for another episode in our series, How to Prepare for a Successful Music Release. And I am really grateful and excited about this series because I have already heard from a lot of you, so thank you to you guys. Um, that the first episode was truly a blessing to you. And that was my goal. I wanted these episodes, I wanted this series to be a series where you guys can listen to the episode, take your notes and apply it directly to your decision-making process, to your music release process. Amen. Too many artists are still, uh, you know, just super excited about releasing music and just throwing it out there. And then, you know, they wonder, like, you know, why is anybody listening? Why am I not getting any spins? All these different things. Um, but, you know, they don't consider what plan have I put in place? Did I plan it out intentionally and strategically? And that is why I am doing this series to help you all get really intentional and strategic. And just so that you all can see what I'm doing, right? I shared with you all in the first episode uh, how I set out my goals and how I even decided on the first single and all of that good stuff. Also making sure that my music is polished because that is important if you want to be viewed as a professional musician. And I'm just so excited about this next episode uh, where I'm going to go even deeper. Okay, I'm going to go even deeper and share some things that you may not have even really thought about or considered. So I'm super, super, super excited about this series. And I'm so grateful to God that it is already being a blessing to you and your music ministry. Now, before we get into this episode, you know I have to share with you all the Indie Artist Spotlight of the Week. And this week, the spotlight is shining on some local talent, none other than Minister David Khalil and Chosen. So David is the choir director of my husband's home church, Greater Refuge Temple. And he has recently released a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful song entitled Incredible. And the song certainly is incredible. Uh, So shout out to you, Dave. I know that releasing music and stepping out is not easy. Okay, it's not easy to do, especially when for the most part you've you've, uh, been in a position of choir director. Sometimes it's a little different shifting the attention uh, and now it's on you as the artist. So shout out to you. Congrats to you. I want you all to go check out his new single. It is now available and you can listen to it on the Gospel Underground playlist, which is available on Apple Music and on Spotify. So again, shout out to you, Dave and Chosen, and make sure that you all check out his new music. Definitely go and support him and follow him on social media as well. In this episode of How to Prepare for a Successful Music Release, 
I am going to be talking about protecting my music, selecting a distributor, and also some of the tools that I use to operate my music ministry. And a little bit, we're going to touch just a little bit on the beginning stages of marketing and promoting my new music. Now, before we do that, though, I wanted to remind you all of our process for uh, completing assignments that the Lord has given us in our music ministry. Uh, All right. So last week I mentioned it. It is pray plan, execute. Say it with me. Pray, plan, execute. Okay. We are continuing to pray as the word of the Lord says, pray without ceasing. We're praying in specifics. We are praying for the direction of the most high God. We are planning strategically and intentionally as the Lord leads us and guides us in our prayers. And then last but not least, we are not going to let the enemy keep us fearful, keep us bound. We are executing on the things that the Lord has given us, even if it means uh, small or humble beginnings, right? You don't always have to jump out there and spend thousands of dollars and trying to get all this stuff done. But it's taking what you have, what is in your hand, and starting from there. Before the enemy can even convince you otherwise of what the Lord has already told you, we're going to start with what's in our hand, okay? So do not forget that our process for completing our assignments as the Lord gives them is pray, plan, execute. Okay, so let's go ahead and get into this episode. So the first thing that I wanted to mention today is protecting my music. So really quick, just a recap from last week. Last week, I talked about the goals that I set for my music and um, also planning out exactly, you know, how, what I want to release and how I'm going to go about doing that. Okay. I also spoke about making sure that your music is polished. So having your music properly mixed and mastered, okay? So after I do that, and let me just uh, be all the way honest here, I typically protect my music, aka copyright my music, as soon as I'm done writing it. I don't play that. (laughs) I do not play that. But just for full transparency, um, during this situation as I approach the release of my new single, When Judah Sings. I actually uh, did this a little bit later, and that's only because I know my producers and I trust them, and nobody else heard the song but them. Um, But keep in mind, I said I know my producers and I trust them. You know, you want to protect your intellectual property, okay? Just because we are saved and we're doing the work of the Lord, that does not mean we are dumb or naive, okay? And uh, unfortunately, I still come in contact with too many artists that do not copyright their music. They're, they're, they get really excited about, wow, I have this new song, the production is great, blah, 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 blah. But you need to copyright your music. It is wisdom, <laughs> Okay. And I want you to remember this. Do not think for one second that just because you're an independent gospel artist that nobody is checking for your music. Let me tell you something. The enemy will do anything that he can to discourage you and to take you down and to prevent you from doing music. And that even includes causing someone to steal your music and discourage you from continuing in this space of ministry. So please, please, I beg of you, do not be unwise and release music without copyright in it. That's just, 
let's just not do that. We, we're leaving that in 2021. It's 2022. And we are releasing music smart, which starts with protecting your music. And the truth of the matter is, there are literally no more excuses. There are no more excuses. You can go to copyright.gov and literally in about, I've, I, I probably have copywritten a song in like 10 minutes, okay? You can literally copyright your song in like 10 minutes. The cost as of, the, as of this recording is $65 to record your song. And I know this because I have been recording, I have been recording and I have been writing and I have been uh, copywriting a lot of music lately. And so as soon as the song is done, I'm like, okay, I go straight to copyright.gov. I log into the portal and I go through the steps to copyright your music. And just to even make it easier on y'all, I'm going to leave the copyright.gov website in the show notes of this episode and I'm going to leave a tutorial. This is a tutorial that I found on YouTube where this young woman is breaking it down. She goes through the portal with you and break down what certain things mean just in case you get a little bit stumped. There is no excuses. We are copywriting <laughs> our music from here on out. Um, and I remember a couple of years back, I think uh, I think his name is Flame. It's a Christian rapper. Uh, apparently Katy Perry, I, many of you probably know who she is. She's a big time, like pop star or whatever have you. Apparently she like sampled his music and, uh, made all this money off of it. And I heard a lot of different stories as the outcome, but he basically ended up taking her to court and suing. And from what I hear, he won now because she's a huge pop star and she got a lot of money. I think they ended up going back and forth to court. But what I'm saying is the whole point of this is protect your intellectual property. And do not think that the enemy is not stunting you in your little music because don't nobody know you yet. I don't care. I do not care. We are not playing for the short game here. We're playing for the long game. So nobody may be streaming or listen to your music today, but we're not, we're not working for the today. We're working for generations to come and you want to protect your music. You want to make sure that you own your music. Okay. Also, this is something that you can hand over to your children, whoever you want to. Uh, you can end up handing these things over to your children. And if your music does well, they can continue to collect royalties off of it. So let's be wise. Okay, let's be wise, saints. I really don't want to spend a lot of time on this because I feel like this is a no-brainer. But like I said, I've been coming in contact with a lot of different artists and they are not properly uh, protecting their music. Okay. Uh, and this needs to be said. And if I need to say it again, y'all let me know. If y'all need help. Let me know. Okay. Because we are not releasing any more music without protecting it. So that's the next thing that I do. Like I said, I typically protect my music. I go and copyright it as soon as I finish writing it. But this particular time I copy wrote it, um, after the production was already done and it was mixed and mastered. And that's just my process. I trust my producers. Um, but yeah, I don't suggest doing that. I suggest after you write the song, copyright it, period. Copyright it, okay? Uh, within the copyright process, you are going to need an audio sample of your song. So if you do trust your producers and all that stuff, then maybe you can wait and submit the mastered file um, as, as you are copywriting it. But if not, sing it into some audio device <laughs> and copyright it like that. Pay your $65 and make sure your music is protected. This is one other thing I want to say about copywriting. You do have the, have the option to copyright 
like songs in a bundle. So say you want to do 10 songs, you can copyright. I think it's up to 10 songs in one bundle under one payment. The reason why I copyright each individual song is because I am also a songwriter and one of my long-term goals is to have other people singing my music. Now, if that is a goal of yours and someone wants to license your music or they want to use your music, if you give them the license to use your music, say, say they want one song. So one of my songs is called Do What Jesus Says. If they want Do What Jesus Says, right? If Do What Jesus Says was copywritten in a bundle with The Wonder of You and Jesus Is and When Judah Sings, they then have access to those other songs without continuing to pay me for those other songs because they were all copywritten under one cluster. So just keep that in mind. I don't think $65 is that bad. It went up, it went up a little bit. Um, I think it was like $35 a couple of years ago, but whatever. Everything is going up. I don't think $65 is that bad. So protect your music. I said all that to say protect your music. Okay. The next step in my process is, and this is a little, well, not super new, but I guess since I haven't done music in a while, um, this definitely took a lot more time and research than I was anticipating, but I'm so glad that I did take the time and did the research. Okay. So the next step in my process is, is to decide on which digital distributor I wanted to go with. So I said in the previous episode that gone are the days when we can uh, just physically distribute our music through CDs. Uh, Some people, from what I hear, are still printing CDs. And that's a blessing, you know? I mean, that's great. If you could do that, go ahead. But like I said, the cars that are even sold and made nowadays do not have CD players in them. So unless you are intentional about going out and getting a CD player, like record players have come back. My brother has a whole collection of records and he has a record player. So does my mom, Um, my mom and my dad. So unless, you know, you are, you, you know that your audience is still out here buying CDs you need to have it distributed digitally. Even if your audience is buying CDs or whatever have you, you still need to distribute it digitally. Now, the three there are several distribution music distribution companies, but there are three that are commonly known amongst basically everybody in the industry, okay? And so I'm just going to list them off here really quick. The first one is CD Baby. This one has been around forever and a day, and from what I understand, it was created by artists. So that's that. The next one is TuneCore. Once again, has been around for a very long time um, and has uh, you know, a lot of people use TuneCore. And the last one is DistroKid, which is the new kid on the block. It is relatively new, but a lot of people are using DistroKid. So originally, I had always distributed my music through CD Baby. All right. CD Baby was the first one that I heard about. It was an easy process. I've been with them for a very long time, yada, yada, yada. But this time I said, okay, I want to make a very intentional and strategic decision. I want to make a clear decision. Just because I've been with CD Baby forever in a day, does that mean they still suit my needs today? And I didn't just want to say, okay, I'm going to just put it through CD Baby because I've been with them forever. So I did a lot of research on all three, all, all three of these. I've heard of a couple others, but I these are the three that I kind of stuck with. These are the three that I widely know. So I did a lot of research. I did a lot of comparing and contrasting. 
And I made the executive decision to switch to TuneCore. And I did that for a couple of reasons. First and foremost, I knew that one of my goals, back to the first episode in this series, don't forget to lay out those goals because when you lay out your goals, you can make other decisions based off of them. So based off of one of my goals, TuneCore is going allowed me to do pre-sales and pre-orders for my single. CD Baby does not. They let you do pre-orders and pre-sales for an album, but they did not let me do it for a single. And that was probably the deal breaker, okay? Uh, but also, like I said, I did a lot of research, a lot of comparing and contrasting and just looking at the quality of service that they bring. Um, and like I said, I'm also thinking long-term. I'm thinking the long game, right? How will this affect my children who will uh, inevitably own my music after I'm gone? You know, will they still be able to easily, you know, collect royalties and all these different things, collect all of the things that that is due unto me? Um, and for me, CD Baby was no longer worth it. Their fees and their percentages were just a little bit too high for my liking. <laughs> um, that on top of not being able to put out pre-orders for a single, I had to wait and do that for an album. So that was my reasoning for switching. Uh, if you want to, if you like CD Baby, God bless you. I mean, do your thing. But my point of sharing all this with you is to encourage you to make a strategic decision. Don't just go with the distributor because it's the one that you're used to and the one that you know about and that's that. No, really do some digging, do some research and decide if that company suits your needs, not just for the here and now, but also for the long game. So I mentioned DistroKid a little bit earlier and a lot of people are like, switch into DistroKid, 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 DistroKid. I've been seeing the ads everywhere I go. And I'm pretty sure that after I finish recording this, that when I look at my phone, an ad for DistroKid is going to pop up. But from what I, from the research that I saw, DistroKid um, is doing some really great things. They have really great pricing. Um, from what I hear, they have amazing analytics. They are just doing, they're just doing it. You know, they sat back and watched the older guys do their thing. And they really um, filled in the spaces where the other two were not. My reason for not going with DistroKid uh, is because I did not like and agree with their pricing and percentages when it came to content ID. So content ID has everything to do with your music getting on YouTube and it being like distributed to the socials like that and how much they take out of that. I did not like that. I thought it was a little bit too much for my liking, just my personal preference. And that matters because we live again in this digital age where people are all on YouTube. YouTube, I think between YouTube and Google, they're always back and forth um, as the number one search engine. So for me, this is something that was important. I wanted to be able to collect a little bit more than what DistroKid was giving. So that was my reason for not choosing DistroKid for this song. Now, maybe down the line, I will say, okay, I think I want to try DistroKid and just see how it works. Maybe I will do that. Maybe not. We will see. Um, but for right now, TuneCore is serving my needs. Um, it was relatively easy to make the switch. 
Um, so I left my older music on CD Baby. Um, but my newer music, as of right now, as of today, I am going to be releasing it through TuneCore. So I may or may not go back or whatever have you. But yeah, I want you all to get into the mindset of making more strategic decisions, okay? We've got to get a little bit more strategic and get more strategic about even the lifetime of your music. So not just what you can collect and what you can benefit from here, now, today, this year, but how will this, working with this company, uh, serve me in years to come? So I want you to keep that in mind, okay? All right, moving on. So the next thing that I want to talk about is the tools that I use to operate my music ministry. And I'm bringing this up now because uh, on my road to releasing my song, this is how my my brain was like working. You know, I'm always a little bit like one step ahead. I'm doing this, but I'm thinking about the next thing already. <laughs> and that works to my benefit uh, as well as to not so good <laughs> sometimes. But in this situation, uh, I'm so glad for that aspect of my personality. I was able to do what I'm doing now, make these decisions, and also think about, okay, what's the next step? So music marketing is a huge thing, right? It is how people will find your stuff. Marketing and promoting your music is huge for growing your audience and for getting new uh, ears to hear your song. So with that in mind, I had to really think about, okay, what are the tools uh, what ways am I going to market uh, my music? And I'm going to do another episode that goes in depth on this, but I had to start thinking about it now because I don't want to, you know, have all this stuff done. Then all of a sudden say, okay, y'all, I'm throwing out new music. No, I wanted to uh, build momentum on my song. And I thank God that I feel like I've been doing a really good job of that um, so far. So a couple of the tools that I use to operate my music ministry is one, my website. So that's the first thing that I did. I built my website, a brand new website for ex- particularly for my music. Now, I know a lot of artists think that this is not necessary. And that's fine. A lot of them are just like, "No, I got social media. You know, I got my Instagram, I got my YouTube, I got my Facebook. I don't I don't really need a website." And while that's cool, <laughs> I remember back in October Facebook, Instagram, and WhatsApp went down for like a day. And so many people lost so much money and people were freaking out and all of this hoopla was happening. Like it was like on the news, like people were freaking out because they could not access their audiences and they were losing money because their ads couldn't run. All this stuff was happening. Um, And so I say all that to say, you do not own your social media network. YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, even TikTok, all these things, you do not own them. The only things that you own are your website. So that's why I built my website first. And then the other thing that I I already had it, but I it was kind of like dead, so I had to revive it, was my email list. Now, so many musicians underestimate the power of an email list. Let me tell you something. Once again, social media is not loyal to you. They are always concerned about their bottom line. So that's why they have these algorithms that 
monitor your activities so that they can put the things that they know that you interact with the most in front of you. Why? So they can put ads on that and then you're more likely to purchase. That is what these social media sites are about. And if you don't have any understanding of that, you need to really do a little bit of research on these social media networks. There is a really, really good documentary called, I think it's called The Social Dilemma. I watched it on Netflix a couple of times, I think about three times, and it really breaks down and shows you how these social media networks work, okay? It is all about building a profile of who you are so that they can uh, advertise to you and get you to spend more time on the apps and get you to spend money uh, that that uh, money through the ads that are released on the apps. So social media is not loyal. They don't care about your music ministry. They do not care. <laughs> and I know that that sounds funny, but it's true. They're not, they're not so much interested in your music ministry. They're not interested in getting your audience in front of you. They're interested in who going to who going who going to pay for these ads okay who is going to buy from these ads that's what they are concerned about so if you are intentional and concerned about building an audience you need to have a website and you need to have an email list an email list is vital right so one of the things that i actually started doing was i just started talking about my music ministry i just started talking about it more you know like i said it's been a little while since I put out some music. Um, so I just started talking about music. I started singing a little bit on my Instagram stories. And then once my music was done, I started to tell folks, you know, I would share different little posts and things like that. And I would say, if you want to know more, if you want to stay in the loop, or if you want uh, first access or first uh, knowledge of when I'm dropping something new, subscribe to my email list. Now, the email list is super important because when you are speaking to your audience via email, there is no space or room for distraction. You can post something on Facebook all day long, but if it's not super interesting or if it's not like a video, something that's going to really like make people sit and consume what you have put out, they're scrolling. <laughs> they're going on to the next thing. There is so much competition for the attention of consumers on social media. But when those people, yeah, when those people opt into your email list, they are saying, hey, I want to know more about what you are doing. And I am willing to give you access into my private email so that you can reach out to me directly. That is huge. That is huge. Okay, that is huge. And I do not want you all to underestimate that. Social media is good. That's the last thing I'm about to talk about, what I did with my social. Social media is great, is good, but you have to know how to use it, okay? So while we make sure that our social media is consistent, so I made sure my name across social media, I went and claimed my TikTok account. I have a couple things up there. I'm not like super big on TikTok. Y'all are not about to catch me out here doing no dances or none of that, girl. Uh-uh. But I am going to figure out a game plan on what can I post on this site and how can I leverage this site to share more about my music and ultimately get people into my email list because I want to interact with those people who have intentionally opted in to my music ministry. Okay. So that's what I did with my socials. I made sure that my name was Janice Levon across all boards. Consistency is key. 
Okay. Consistency is key. And if you have goals, you want to get on radio, you want to get on billboard, you want to do these different things, you better be consistent across all social. Okay. Especially when it comes to getting on radio, these radio stations want to know who you are. And they get to know you via your socials. So if your name is, you know, Kathy Williams on Instagram and then on Facebook is Cat Girl Williams, what's up 101? It's like, wh- who is this? Is this the same person? Okay. Also, they want to be able to tag you when they share uh, that they are playing your music and it needs to be consistent all across the board. So if you can, Keep your name the same way across the board. Even if there's a social network that you are not using, like I have Clubhouse, but I don't, I don't really use it. Um, I have TikTok once again. I don't use it much. I do. I use TikTok more so for research purposes. Um, so even if it's a social network that you're not really using, I would still say claim your name so that nobody else can. Okay, claim your name. All right, and keep it consistent. Um, also, I made sure that I redownloaded. The Twitter app, because I am not a fan of Twitter. My social media of choice is Instagram, but I made sure that I re-downloaded Twitter. I changed my picture and all that stuff. I, uh, you know, changed a couple of different things, made sure I included my website there, whatever have you, whatever important links. But I specifically got my Twitter back because radio loves Twitter. They live tweet when they are playing music and they want you to retweet. (laughs) Okay, they want you to retweet. So these are the tools that I use in my music ministry. My website, which is my home on the internet. I own that space, okay? I pay for hosting. Hello, okay? I own that home. Secondly is my email list. I Once again, I own that list. I pay for my email marketing. So that is my list. That is my community. Those are the people that I share exclusive content with. Why? Because they opted in to know more about my music ministry. They want to be a part of the music ministry. So I make sure I give them that. So like I said, website, email list, and then also I make sure that all my social media platforms are tight. Why? Because we are anticipating getting ready to put together a strong marketing game plan for this new music that's getting ready to come out. And in order to me, for me to do that effectively, I need to make sure that my socials, the places where people look for you, okay? Don't, don't forget that. People look for you on social. They are looking for you on social, especially during this time of Corona, okay, nobody's really going out to concerts that much. And if they are, everybody's slowing up because of these variants. So we are a very digitalized age. We are living in a virtual world, <laughs> okay, where events are virtual. And if they cannot find you on social media, if your names are, you got 20 different names on each social, it's too much, okay? And also, as it uh, uh pertains to radio, whatever your goals are, especially radio goals, you need to be consistent across all of the platforms. All right. So that is pretty much it for this episode. I hope that you you guys are enjoying this and I hope that you all are learning something from my processes and my thought process behind why I do certain things that I'm doing for my new music release, all right? So I want you guys to win this year. I want you guys to be strategic. I want you guys to be intentional. 
And I want you guys to have some amazing return on your investment. Paying for music production is expensive. <laughs> it is expensive, okay? And we want to, we in the least, we want people to listen to the music, okay? So I want you all to have a strong game plan as you prepare to release. So if you have not already, I want you to go down in the show notes and make sure you get the free road to release checklist. Make sure you get that checklist so that as you prepare to release your music, you can go down the list, make sure you dotted all your I's and you've crossed all of your T's, honey. Okay. All right. So I'm also going to go ahead and, uh, leave, um, the links to a couple of the resources that I mentioned, um, I use Flowdesk as my email marketing software. Um, and I also use Wix for my website. And I will leave my website link down there as well so you can look at my website. I designed it myself. Wix is pretty easy to use in my opinion. Um, yeah, and these are all things that you can do on your own. You don't have to pay nobody to do these things or to learn these things. If you have the time and you want to uh, be successful, you have the drive to make this next release successful, take some time out and go to YouTube University, honey. Okay. Go right into YouTube, go right into Google. They are your best friend for anything that you do not know how to do. Go into YouTube, go into uh, Google and learn how to create your own website. Yes, you need it. Yes, it is necessary. Why? Because we learn, child, that social media is not loyal to you. Social media is not concerned about you building and growing your music ministry. It is not concerned about you building a community of people that you will serve and minister to through song. It's not concerned about that. It's concerned about who going to pay for these ads, okay? Like who is going to who who going to pay for them? Who is going to buy into these things that we are selling, honey? They want you on the app and they want you buying. So make sure that you have your priorities straight and that as you are building your music ministry, your community, you are working to serve the, the people that God has called you to, that you're doing so with great intention, okay? Do all things with great intention and great strategy. And do not forget our process. We pray, we plan. And then we execute. All right. I hope you guys, again, enjoyed this episode. If you did, make sure that you screenshot it and tag us on Instagram. All right. At the underscore gospel underground. Okay. Also, make sure that you give us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. That way, more independent gospel artists just like you will be able to find the show. All right. So I love you guys so, so much. Next week, we going even deeper, honey. Okay. We getting real, 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 real deep. We're going to be talking about positioning yourself to profit. And I'm going to have a little guest. <laughs> Yes, I'm going to have a guest next week. So make sure you come back, tune in and share, share, share because sharing is caring. I love you guys so much. Stay focused on Jesus. Keep one another in prayer and I'll speak to you next week.